There comes a time in every lawyer's life where somebody that they really look up to tells them, you need to generate referrals, you need to build a book of business. And that information has been the same for the entire time that lawyers have existed, because for a long time, we couldn't advertise. But then we could, and then COVID hit, and we became way more digital. And so there's this really interesting ability to take a lot of that old school networking and combine it into the digital age. That's why I'm super excited to talk to Matt today. For those of you that don't know him, he is a lawyer with uh, the firm Mighty Marks that does registered trademarks for small businesses with the USPTO. He also works with other law firms to provide trademark services to their clients. And in addition to that, because you know I love talking with my fellow lawyers that do multiple <laughs> businesses, we're crazy. He also has a company called Bold Connections. What Bold Connections does is specifically on LinkedIn, that outreach, that beginning of building a relationship at, digital, at the digital age, at scale, et cetera. So I'm going to talk, we're going to talk to him today a little bit about his story as a lawyer, but mostly we're going to talk about that benefit of combining everything that your wonderful mentor truly meant to tell you with modern day technology and a COVID world and computers and the 21st century and everything else that we as lawyers need to embrace and are continuing to embrace. Matt, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, no, you, you nailed it. I, I'm really excited to be here and talk about marketing for attorneys in general. And yeah, I know you and I have talked in the past and we have a lot of the same philosophy when it comes to outreach and, and marketing and, and that sort of thing. So yeah, I'm excited to get into it. Thanks. All right. Before we dive into that, I want to talk about our last episode. Last week, we had a different Matt on, Matt Sketchy Nechi, who talked to us about networking, how to give them something to talk about. For those of you that didn't watch the show, Matt wrote a historical fiction novel based upon his grandfather's experience immigrating to America from Italy several years before World War II and then getting drafted to go fight in Italy as an American in the army, et cetera, um, and talked about how he's used this to launch his brand to consistently connect with people writing a book. If you don't want to write a book, because trust me, I've tried to do that for several years. Hopefully it will come out soon. I have no idea. But you do want to reach out and build your brand. That's what we're talking with 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 Matt today about um, in terms of the LinkedIn outreach. So Matt, before we dive into that though, please give me some of your background of your story from the lawyer side of it before we transition into the marketing stuff. Yeah, yeah. thanks Jordan. So um, Matt Kalseth, trademark attorney, uh, been practicing for 11 years, graduated in 2011 from William Mitchell here in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, went to school for undergrad on the East Coast of the University of Richmond, came back home, fell in love, got married, went to law school, and uh, have a couple kids, but my practice is primarily trademarks. Well, not you know, primarily it is trademark law registration, a little bit of litigation. Work with clients uh, all over the United States and law firms all over the United States. But my story is one of coming out of law school during the Great Recession, uh, thinking I had that big law firm job lined up, and then not having it at all, and having to scramble to start my own firm. Um, and then basically working like docu document review at night from four to two in the morning, just miserable, like 20 bucks an hour grinding during the day, grinding at night. 
and then you know eventually building up a, a small enough book of business that I can more or less do that as my primary source of income. And then fast forward 10, 11 years, um, have a couple of paralegals that work for me and you know we're we're cruising, which is great. But it didn't happen overnight. What was yeah, right? The uh somebody posted this thing that I love. It was like uh you never hear about the 20 years of hard work that went into the overnight success story. Yeah. Uh, so true. But here's my question for my first question for you. At what point did you realize the not getting the big law job was actually a blessing in disguise? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great question. So probably five years after graduation, at that point, I had a small enough book of business, a big enough book of business that I could make a living, you know, and pay the mortgage and have just, you know, a little bit of beer money left over. Um, and I was happy, right? I was building a brand and I was working with clients and I was doing good work and I was getting paid for it. Um, so probably five years afterwards is kind of when I felt like I looked at some of my contemporaries and the big firms who were just miserable and and thought that I was uh, pretty fortunate to have my own firm and be as far along down the path as I was. So maybe five years. And I heard you, uh, I heard you laughing when I was making the joke about the well-meaning mentor that told you to network. Did you get similar advice? Like were those first five years really the old school? Yeah. Kiss babies? yeah. It, it was, it, it didn't go anywhere. Like I, I was, talking to the wrong people you know i was still talking to the like the, the big law firm attorneys even like some of my trademark mentors who were at the big firms um you know and thinking like that was how i was going to grow my practice right that they were they were going to give me the scraps from the table that you know the clients that were too small for them to handle the big firm didn't want their bill lovers it never happened i mean those those clients go to the associates at the firm so i was doing it wrong for a long time for sure and and if they gave you any scraps, it was because the client was a huge red flag PETA, right? Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. I think in all that time, I might've gotten one or two clients from the, from uh, my connections at the big law firms. So it just wasn't uh, a good use of my, uh, my lunch money. So talk to me about that transition to something different, to something better, to something that was actually effective. Like where did that come about? Yeah, I'd say six years ago, um, I had a light bulb moment. Um, we had the website had won an award for like innovative websites on like lawyerist.com if you're familiar with that publication yeah of course um and they're local here to minneapolis so uh i knew sam glover uh one of, one of the owners of uh lawyerist and yeah so anyways um i got a call out of the blue from uh an attorney down in arizona and i call him like the llc king of arizona because that's what he does he owns the market in L arizona for llc registration you go look up LLC registration at Arizona, you'll see him. Um, and he does, I don't know, a thousand, you know, LLCs a year or something like that. And he called me and said, Hey, I saw your website on uh, Lawyerist and I was I had a proposition for you. And I was like, Okay, this is interesting. He's like, How about you come work with me at my firm as of counsel and I'll hand you trademark application work? And I was like, What? He's like, yeah, of counsel, you keep your firm, I keep my firm. We kind of co-work together on client matters for trademark law. It's federal practice, you can do it. I can. I don't want to do it, but I can oversee it. I can kind of be the, you know, the, uh, the connection point between the client, you and the trademark and the LLC. And he's like, and I'll pay you for it, right? X percent. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, let's do that. And so, you know, basically overnight that, that doubled my business. And then once I had that relationship established, um, it was like, let's just, you know, copy pasta, right? Let's just repeat this over and over. 
and see if we can't build up a, a, a really viable practice being of counsel to other you know business law firms across the United States. And it's evolved since then, but that was the beginning of like the light bulb moment for me. And had he see did he see your website listed on the lawyer and stuff or did, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's how he found me. Um, and I had never really considered it a viable idea to be of counsel to other law firms. And once he opened that door, it was just a no-brainer for me as a federal yeah. practice attorney to go down. Awesome. All right. So you've transitioned away from the shaking hands and kissing babies. You, you know, you're partnering up with some of these other firms to yep. add trademark to their stuff. Where does the LinkedIn outreach, bold connection stuff start? Yeah, really, really great question. So, you know, it's interesting being a trademark attorney, and I don't know if many of your, your clients can, can sympathize, but when you're a federal trademark attorney, right? Um, you can't just like go knock on a door necessarily and expect to get work. Um, but your outreach can be so broad that you can kind of get in touch with a lot of folks. I'll back up a little bit. So I started my advertising journey with traditional digital marketing, right? I tried to do the SEO thing. Um, I thought I had some good branding, but my website really wasn't built for SEO. Um, and when I tried to do Google AdWords, you know, the cost per click was prohibitive, right? It was like $5 a click. And that works for a lot of folks, in spe especially if you're in a regional law firm kind of practice. But for me, it didn't work because I was late to the party. You know, the federal online trademark thing had been done and done really well by some big players. And uh, I just couldn't compete. So I stopped competing. I do want to chime in. Like, there's a lot of people out there that heard $5 pay per click that would murder you to get that in there, in yes. their area, and practice geographically, et cetera. Murder but me because back then I was, do, I mean, I still am flat fee, but, you know, we were charging about a thousand bucks for a trademark and, right, and presumably four or $500 that would have gone to acquiring one client, um, maybe more potentially, right? So, you know, the cost per click was prohibitively high. And that was because, one, there's a lot of competition for that space. And two, my website sucked for SEO. Um, oh, that's why you won the Innovative Award, right? Like if it was the one that looked like everybody else's yeah, SEO, wouldn't right? have been that, That's kind of it, right? It's just like, it was like this fun, playful website we had that was like very not lawyerly, very approachable for the lay person, uh, but was miserable for SEO. Um, so yeah, it got, it was too expensive. I played with it, lost a lot of money, um, tried some other marketing tactics and just didn't get anywhere. But where I did start gaining um, traction was referrals from other attorneys. So I had my guy down in Arizona. That business was kind of wrapping up. He was bringing it in-house at the time. I was working with a couple other smaller law firms doing the exact same thing, but I felt like I really needed to take the next step and figure out a way to spend less time marketing and basically spend my marketing dollars and time actually bringing in business. And so that's where the idea for more referral based marketing came from. So I can talk a little bit about that if you want. I, yeah, I, I want to dive into that specifically in a little bit more detail. But before that, I kind of want to help you set up the framework, right? Yeah. Like talk. So you have this very specific kind of person in mind. So how would you walk another firm owner through coming up with that very specific person for them? Yeah, yeah, that that's great. So I like the way that we kind of lay it out today for our clients and the way that I still approach my business is I think of all the categories where people refer me business. So for for me as a, as a federal trademark attorney, um, I get business from, I'd say like four or five different buckets. 
uh, funnels, if you were. Business attorneys at small firms, franchise attorneys, which is great. Uh, guys and gals who do franchise a lot need trademark attorneys. So if I can partner with them, amazing. Um, venture capital funds, because they're seeding lots of startup companies and they're very keen to get IP protection for those startups. And then, you know, I look for technology and startup attorneys specifically. And I try to bolt my practice onto basically all those different types of ventures. Um, but is, oh, go ahead. But hold on. Sorry. I want to jump in. So is this like, were you looking backwards at those buckets being the most common places you were already getting cases? Or are you looking forwards at thinking those are the best places to get cases? So it was all hindsight, right? Because okay. I sat down and I started focusing on business attorneys and there's a lot of them, small business attorneys. Um, and I started thinking like, where else might have I gotten some clients in the past? And like these, I, you know, these connection points started making more sense to me. And I thought, well, I know these buckets of, you know, campaigns that are going to bring business in. Like, why don't I focus specifically on these types of individuals and not just like blanket these types of people, but like very specific. So like small business attorneys, um, who maybe have a law firm of 10 attorneys or less uh, that practice business law, but specifically don't mention the word trademark on their LinkedIn profile. Because uh, I don't want to talk to someone who's already got um, a, a viable trademark practice. But which brings up another thing. Now I do. I spend a lot of time talking to other trademark attorneys, specifically older trademark attorneys who are going to be retiring in the next five or 10 years. So that's another kind of way that I use the referral marketing is looking for books of business and people who are looking to retire soon. And so for anybody, I mean, I'll, I'll do a short, sort of shameless plug for us, but it's free. Yeah. Um, so for anybody who doesn't have the benefit of hindsight, who doesn't already have the clients to look back on what their consistencies or I should say referral sources, to look back on the consistencies, we do have our free resource on our um, ideal client avatar worksheet, which you can do the same worksheet and just look for referral sources. And it goes through a lot of the stuff that Matt talked about. So if you still if you don't know what that is, or if you're transitioning practice areas and therefore don't know who the best referral sources will remain, you can walk through uh, that worksheet. It's on our website, legalese.com, slash education. It's there for free. Um, that, is, so that is such good advice, Jordan, because I mean, oftentimes, I mean, as attorneys, we don't think that we're gonna have to do marketing or branding or business management, right? We're just gonna go do the legal work, right? And, and this is not the case, especially if you're a solo or an associate looking to be a partner you have to bring in business and like law schools don't teach you how to do that. And most attorneys don't know how to do that. Uh, and most attorneys can't really even tell you. I mean, I talk to enough clients now and enough attorneys and when I ask them, where do you get most of your business from? They really have to think about it. Right. Um, you know, like referrals from, from these kinds of people. So it's interesting talking to folks. I mean, there's very strange little niches and you and I talked about this, Jordan, but we're working with, um, uh, a, t a tax uh, lawyer, so federal practice again. And he has found a lot of success um, partnering up with family law practices because people going through divorce have financial problems and they have tax problems. And so if he can be the, the resource for the law firm for tax matters, it's a no brainer. And so we spend a lot of time connecting him with, you know, small to medium sized law firms that uh, do family law. Well, and the commonality between that and between what you're talking about so venture capital, other, you know, other lawyers, franchise opportunities, um, et cetera, LinkedIn. I mean, like that's where you have a lot of the yeah. business minded type people that you're talking about is these buckets. Yep. And so I, I used to legitimately like cold call people 
you know, and and call up these law firms and be like, hey, John, like I'm Matt Callseth, I do trademarks, you got five minutes? And like, it was not fun. <laughs> it was like, not how fun. often did you get to somebody? Uh, rarely, and I rarely okay. got calls back, and I was rarely successful with it. Um, the times that I was successful, people are like, wow, this is really like bold of you basically to be calling me out of the blue, pitching your services to my law firm. Um, and I've gotten some work out of that, but it just, it didn't make sense. I was trying to find the clients. I was having to call them. I was following with emails. And when we figured out that we could do all this, basically more or less in an automated fashion using LinkedIn, Calendly, um, you know, Zoom and some other like proprietary software that we license. That was the like the solution. It was like, oh, like we can do this at scale, send out 30 invites a day and just have people get on my calendar. And um, you know, I've been doing that for a few years now. And that's kind of the service that we offer to our attorney clients is, you know, attorney marketing by attorneys similar to you, but very much referral based marketing. And and referral based only on LinkedIn or referral based more than just like only only on LinkedIn. So we yeah. just basically just, you know, search through LinkedIn to find like that, that type of attorney. Right. And then we just start the, uh, the campaign to email them connect and then yeah, automatically get them on the calendar if they can. And look, I'm a huge fan of you look at like, this is who I am. This is who I want to work with or work with me or refer to me. And then where's the overlap. So I am a lawyer. I am a professional. I want to get in front of other professionals in specific industries. Where's the overlap? We're on LinkedIn. We're on social media. We're connecting there. So it yep. makes it makes perfect sense. Um, and obviously, you know, it's it's funny. I have a friend who um, she's no longer a Jehovah's Witness, but she cult now she does um, PI, uh, PIO stuff. So like employee benefits, health cool. insurance, that stuff. Yep. Like it's so much easier to cold call because I used to go door to door trying to tell people about you know being a Jehovah's Witness and getting the door slammed in my face and getting the. <laughs> Getting, you know, whatever it was. She's like, now, like, what's somebody going to do over the phone? They're going to curse me out and slam the phone down. No big deal. Whereas, like, I'm sitting here like you. I'm like, the thought of calling somebody out of the blue is so, like, you know, I would. It's I would, not, it's I would, not, it's not fun. There. And it's it, not a good use of anyone's time. Well, and, you know, Greg Greg and I always joke. So we, um, we, we use Smith.ai for answering. And, like, they send us the report. And it's every month. Like, 80% of our calls are spam robo call sales calls that got blocked anyway. So it's like, I couldn't even, even if I wanted that to take that call, I wouldn't be able to take it right. um, on the rules in place for uh, our answering. So just very, very interesting. Yeah. So, and, go yeah. ahead. Oh no. So I was going to say, so when it comes to what you all are doing, when it comes to that outreach over social media, like what are some of the tips, you know, I don't want, I don't need to get in the specifics yeah. of and sales navigator or whatnot, but like, what are some yeah. of those tips about a, making a good intro, even if it's somewhat cold through social media? Right. I think your your services have as an attorney and you if you're going to connect with somebody like you had better be able to offer them something in return for their time. Right. Um, that could be basically like increased income from being a counsel to the firm or doing some sort of referral. Um, it could be just referring them business potentially as well. I mean, that's that's a big thing. So and obviously when you're doing legal marketing, um, it can't necessarily be salesy, right? We have ethic, ethical prohibitions against, um, you know, certain types of legal marketing. So when we make our introductions to other attorneys, it's very much, and, and non-attorneys, it's very much along the lines of, hey, hoping to connect with you. I see that we have a lot of shared experience in this field, um, looking to connect to share experiences and clients, right? So we keep it very broad. Um, and then once the person connects at that point, we kind of launch into introducing the client, 
what they're great at and potentially how they can you know work together on client matters uh, and that's really the catch is that um you know 60 percent of the time something like that they're going to connect with you and about 30 percent of that time they're going to respond uh, but you have to have something that's worth responding to hold on one second matt you got you got a i, I see you got a, a little one back there oh yeah, hi a, a little a little child climbing on my back i, I got so. two of those um all right so we're talking and obviously like look from the standpoint of marketing so much of what we talk about is, is starting with value leading with value yep. so if you're reaching out especially you know for you specifically if you're reaching out to all these business lawyers that say hey i want to make you more money for free yep. by providing more value to your clients yeah okay that sounded worse than it was um then that would be great and it's an easy open you know it's a lot harder to be like oh i want to sell you this i want to sell you this i want to sell you that like you have a true easy free value for them yeah i mean it, when i connect with business attorneys right i mean my pitch to them is like hey i'm matt Colseth. i you know have x amount of trademarks that i filed you know last year and i specifically work with lots of small business attorneys filing trademarks for their firms to increase firm revenue um and like more often than not people are gonna be like yep i'll take 15 minutes to talk to you Matt. totally so. well and it's any and so and it's the same i think for your you know for that tax attorney talking to family law yep. attorneys how much time are you spending explaining the following three things to your clients i want to save you time by having that conversation with them you know by walking them through that here's a free resource to help your clients do something consistently and because when you really dial down into who's the best referral source you're looking for people that have the same need as you so you yep. should it should be really easy to see where that helpfulness overlaps whether it's whether it's the client being with you first, whether it's having to send the client to them after, whether it's you know things that happen at the exact same time, yep. it should be easier to build that infrastructure. Or maybe that's not the right word. Yeah, no, I mean that that's that's kind of it. And like I specifically target like folks with like ten or less years in the in the legal industry because they're typically not so ingrained in what they're doing. Right. Um, they probably don't have an IP attorney that they're sending clients to. Um, but yeah, we work with so many different types of attorneys, right? A lot of solos. A lot of small firm attorneys and then another one is just big firm attorneys who are associates who are really trying to bring in new business right and the firm actually might even give them marketing money to help right. do that right so they, they got to spend this money and so you know we're an option for them to spend the money and try to network their way into some uh you know larger clients do you really see that like was a big law like they're giving their associates some that's dude that's so smart and i can't I haven't heard about that nearly at the level that you should because ultimately like at the end of the day if your attorneys generate business the firm makes more money right way that makes sense so i mean the big the big firm work lawyers that i've talked to like the associates are trying to make partner i mean we spend most of our time trying to connect them with general counsel at big companies right because that's the smartest way for them to get in i mean we have one guy who is um like he does a lot of like real estate and construction litigation. And so he's licensed in multiple states. So we just target all the big construction firms in those states with general counsel and have him basically introduce himself. Um, and that's a great way for him to get business. Well, and, and I think, oh, sorry. And like, a partner. Right. Well, and that's the thing that I like, we started this out with the talk of taking that same old school mentality of referrals and moving it over to the digital space. So I have to believe that these larger older firms are a lot more okay with this being the marketing strategy for the associate than 
I don't know, running, running a Facebook ad, you know, running a pay-per-click, running yeah, or like, like, even like going like, you know, like to the, the local mixer, you know what I mean? And like rubbing shoulders with like a family law attorney, like for half an hour, an hour and just shooting the, shooting the, uh, whatever. And, you know, ultimately not picking up any business because they're a family law attorney. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in this way, like everyone is basically, you know, you're optimizing your chances of, you know, getting some referrals from that person because they're obviously interested. Otherwise they wouldn't connect and respond and get on your calendar with you. So, so when it, when it comes to networking normally, or when it comes to networking digitally at scale, what are some of the most common pitfalls that you see lawyers making that they can avoid? Yeah, I, I think not like you mentioned, not leading with value, right? Because I do get a lot of attorneys that, you know, connect with me and they might connect with me, but they never follow up what's the point of building a network if you're not going to access it or leverage it right so whenever i do connect with a new attorney or one of our clients connects with the new attorney yeah we're going to be right there basically to like introduce ourselves you know on behalf of the client um one of the things that and i know you probably do is um, we, we encourage our clients to you know be more active on linkedin and posting blog articles and that sort of thing just get in front of people more you know, that's a way that we've grown bold connections. It's just, we, we post a lot, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of articles about, you know, marketing in general for attorneys. See, it's interesting because like, we don't, we don't really do anything monetarily on referrals, but most lawyers, that's how they start to grow their business. And so we have yep. a lot of free stuff to talk about. And for so much of it, I'm always telling them like, look, you want quality, not quantity. When you go to yep. the networking event, you want to have a 40 minute conversation with three people. You don't want to have a five minute conversation with a hundred people. It's so interesting to me though, from what you're doing, that first step is really the difference between the quantity and the quality, right? Like you can send out the quantity of messages, but then the quality of people that respond to it, that's where you can invest a lot more of that specific time because you've already gotten through that first step. And so it's kind of interesting to give them the kind of the best of both worlds when done correctly. Yeah, I mean, you you basically put out your net, a very specific type of net for a very specific type of fish, and the fish gets to decide if they're gonna jump in the net, um, which is a little bit different than traditional marketing. Um, what's I, I think is pretty cool about it too is that you know the quality of the people that you know you meet with, I mean, it, it varies greatly in terms of whether or not they're gonna be a good revenue generator for for you as in the in the firm, but you know what I would say in my experience as well is that you know I might you know have connected. Let's just say that I have like 50 like actual relationships with attorneys around the United States that might send me business. And we might have some sort of relationship, uh, whether it's referral based or a counselor or whatever. You know, I would say only probably 20% of that group is, I mean, they're probably driving the 80% of my business, right? The 20, 80, right? Break. They're the ones driving no. 80% of the revenue that comes to the business through of counsel relationships. The other 80%, I might get one, two, three trademark referrals a year from each of them. Well, but, and it, along those, so one, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Pareto principle. It applies, it applies to clothing. Like you wear 20% of your clothing, 80% of the time. But at the same time, like the, the understanding of that number, the understanding of how few people it actually takes quantity wise to have the quality that you're looking for, I think makes so much of this so much easier because like, if I yep. told you tomorrow, Hey, you need 200 referral sources, it's overwhelming. But if I told you, hey, you need 20 people that you genuinely care about that will send you consistent business, then it's like, all right, well, let me find, you know, two or three people a month. And then over the course of, you know, three people a month over the course of a year, I'm basic, you know, I'm, I'm more than there. Um, yep. And 
when I want to follow up, it's a lot easier to stay in touch with 20 or 30 people. Like, you know, at the yep. end of the day, we are, we are social creatures, but a limitation to that is how much you can actually have one-on-one -on -one time. And so I think social media does a great job at helping with that, you know, that 80% drives one or two cases so that you stay top of mind with them, but you're yep. giving yourself the flexibility and freedom to really have genuine connection with that handful of people. We, we call those like um, like top 20% or the, the, that dozen law firms that we work with, we call those like gift basket uh, partners because they're gonna get the fruit basket at the end of the year, right? Because, you know, I, I know them, like we talk all the time, we, we have a relationship. I send them clients, they send me clients, like I know their kids' names. Um, so you really do get to know people and care about them. And yeah, they're, they're gift basket partners at that point. Well, and because of how well you know them, it's not, you're not sending all of them the same gift basket, you know, like Jim's yeah. getting one that's keto friendly and Jane's getting yeah, the one that's exactly, exactly, all exactly. back to being Florida and you know, whatever. Um, yeah. And, and that's what, that's what sets you apart. You know, I get all these, all these lawyers and this thing that's like sending everybody a birthday message on social media. And you know what, I'm sure that's important. And I, I do that, but I don't expect that to stand out. I don't expect that to be a really good, you know, point of contact, calling the person on their birthday, you know, texting them, having an actual conversation, or better yet, doing it on their half birthday when nobody else is reaching out and you can make right. sort of a joke about it. Like that's where you're going to build the relationship with people versus doing these very obvious things that everybody's doing. And so that's, yeah. I love like the way, you know, the way that you have this structured as the opener cuts through so much of that noise because it's direct response. Like once people are actually engaging with that initial message, now you've you've got them on the line and i don't say that from the standpoint of like pulling a fast one right. but they've you know they've raised their hand that they're interested in the conversation yep. that leads to the relationship that leads to the referrals that leads to you know the connection yep and i think it's different too you know when when it's an attorney talking to an attorney right when it's, an attorney reaches out to another attorney it's different than somebody who may not be an attorney reaching out to say hey i can help you with marketing right um we we all get that message probably six times a day uh you know but it's different when you as an attorney jordan reach out to a potential client you know um or i reach out to another attorney and introduce myself a lot of the times you know how we've grown bull connections is just having conversations with potential referral partners for mighty marks right like i'm just talking about trademarks and you mentioned that you suck at at marketing uh and you asked me how i do it and i said well i'm doing it right now with you right that, that's how i do it Right. And a lot of times that leads to interest in talking about bull connections too. Very interesting. All right. So what, like, what, what are we missing here? What else do we need to cover? What other advice do we want to give to law firm owners? Like what else? Yeah. Um, I think my advice would be like, be like painfully aware of where you're generating your referrals from and actively seek those um, types of referrals out and be thoughtful about it. I mean, I before we had a more of a systematic approach in place, I was just spending a lot of time on LinkedIn Sales Navigator, finding, identifying these people and connecting with them manually. There are much more sophisticated automated systems like we use at Apple Connections that can do a lot of that heavy lifting for you. Um, so leverage them. It's the cheapest, you know, I, I think, uh, marketing money you're gonna spend. And there's a way to, there's a way to make this snowball in a positive way. So, you know, if you've got the outreach going on here and then you've got the tracking on the follow-up and then you've got yes. your 20% who sends yep. you the book stuff, now have a conversation with them about the referrals. Like, hey, 
how are you finding these people? What are you saying to them? How are you getting them over to us? Clearly you're doing a phenomenal job. I am so interested in, you know, what it is. And then you can go to the other 80% that send almost nothing. And you're like, Hey, these are some strategies that people have had. That's really effective. These are some things that work really well. You know, we sent a couple cases over to you. Were those right? Give me some feedback on it. And it makes it a lot more, it's a lot more win, 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 you know, you, the referral source and ultimately the client being passed between the two. Um, and I just, I love the ability to do that, having the connections at scale to see the effort that people put in. And I don't, I don't yeah. mean effort in the sense of doing it or not doing it. I mean, effort in the sense of like what they do, the specificity that they add to it. Yep. No, I, I completely agree. And I, I think like the, our most successful clients of Bold Connections are also doing other smart things in their marketing. You know, they're, they're doing newsletters. They have a website that looks like it was built in, you know, this decade you know, or in the last 20 years, um, you know, they're active on social media, right? They, they post their blog articles, um, they're, they stay connected, right? Uh, they're visible. Like you see them all the time when you go on LinkedIn. Um, those are the folks who tend to garner the most referrals because they're just visible, right? Well, they're visible in a authentic and genuine and consistent way. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's the thing that kills me. You know, if, if you are, if you're positioning yourself as the go-to expert and you've got, you know, Matt's team doing all this great outreach for you, and then they go on your website and you're advertising, you know, 50 bucks for this month, like flash sale, yada, yada. Like that's not consistent with this outreach of, Hey, let's build a relationship so we can pass referrals to the best for clients. Yeah. And so or that you are genuine and honest and consistent with those things, the less there's that moment where like a client or referral source gets that gut feeling of something's wrong. Like they're, they're faking something here. They're trying to pull a fast one. Yep. Um, whatever that is. Yeah. And I think it's, it's equally important to stay connected to your own business. Right. And, you know, one of the things that we try to preach is like, when you go look at attorney's website and they have a blog, I mean, you really hope to see something fairly recent posted, right? If they, if it's dead from three, four years ago, like it just doesn't give you that feeling that they are one available to do that kind of work. Uh, and two, like the follow throughs not there. So you know, I think just being a little bit more disciplined with your marketing uh, approach and having some sort of, you know, coach to guide you in the marketing and how you go about your business uh, or some sort of program that you're using to, you know, automate a lot of that process is really important just from a consistency standpoint, like you said. I know I, I always love when you go to somebody's blog section and the last blog was written in like February of 2017 and you're like, why is this even still here? What? Uh, that's totally, I, I've totally been that guy. <laughs> so. Like at least, at least in that case, remove the year and be like, you know what? 2022 has been crazy. It's been five months, not it's been, uh, it's been five yeah. years. Yeah. We, yeah. It's kind of funny. I, we had, we'd hired a part-time paralegal and I was like, Hey, like we got to, we got to get some blog articles going here. I'm going to you know, have you start on the blog article so you can learn some trademark lingo and, and get going on that. But yeah, I know it's, it's one of those things that you just, you got to do it for, you know, authenticity sake and the fact that like, it's just expected of you. Well, but that's the same thing. Like you're talking about here. If you're doing this outreach for, for your clients, having them also posting on LinkedIn and engaging in conversations and having the activity stuff, because when they click on your page from, you know, from this uh, well-crafted opening message and they go to the activity section and there's no activity, it's a lot more obvious that you're just in it for this as opposed to if they can see you showing up over and over again, they can start interacting with that stuff. Maybe they don't respond to the initial message, but maybe they follow you or maybe they look at your stuff over the next couple of weeks and realize you are a real person and realize what you're genuinely talking about and realize, 
you know, whatever else you're putting out there on LinkedIn. And now they might be that much interested in the conversation. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. All right. So anything else you want to cover as we wrap up this episode? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, this was a ton of fun. And like, I look at what you do and I think like, that's like the golden ticket for attorneys, right? If they have someone who can kind of coach them through all the aspects of marketing, um, it's a no brainer, right? And I, I wish I had known you 10 years ago when I was, you know, up and you know, starting my practice because I spun my wheels for years. 10 years ago, I was an effing moron who knew none of this stuff. So I was, uh, I did, I was on a conference. <laughs> No, but honestly, the consult before this, like I'm talking and it was somebody, it was a director of marketing at a firm and they're like, oh yeah, we've used so-and-so and so-and-so and so we're going through like all these vendors. And yeah. they were like, I love how different of a take you take on this. And I was like, yeah, because this company wouldn't exist if I found really good marketing help. I just didn't. So yeah. I blew all this money. And instead of looking for option number 35, I was like, screw it. You know, I knew Greg yeah. well enough. I was like, hey man, let's, uh, let's try this thing out. Or to be fair, Greg was like, hey man, let's try this thing out after giving me a bunch of information about it. And here we are, you know, and, and that's not to say there are any good marketing vendors. I found a bunch now, but when yeah. I was, you know, new firm owner who had no idea of what I had, even if they had good marketing, I had no sales in, in place, no system, and, no processes. I guess you just don't find as many people who specialize in like the law, law firm side of things from a marketing perspective. And if you do find people, they typically want to write your blog for you, right? They want to do one thing. We're going to write the blog. We're going to do a blog for 500 bucks a month. Uh, or we're going to redo part of your website to make it more SEO friendly, right? Um, or we're going to do some Google AdWords. They do one thing and like, maybe they're really good at it, but there's no cohesiveness in, in that strategy. So you really do need somebody looking at the big picture, you know, talking through the different systems, softwares available for, you know, tracking potential clients, you know, following up that sort of thing. Well, and the, the bold connections outreach stuff here gets supported by consistent social media presence gets supported by a newsletter or a show where you can talk to some of the people live at scale like we're doing here i mean you know you can you can keep all this stuff in a way that's consistent while also diversifying some of your marketing strategies without actually having to do that much more work like you make it repurposable very easily i love that all right cool so i want to talk about our next episode and then we'll come back to you matt for your final nugget of wisdom your biggest takeaway uh coming up next week we have marco brown marco runs Brown family law out of utah um he runs a gigantic firm and i always love his presentations i heard i got the opportunity to hear him speak i want to say it was a year ago um he talked about your most important thing is getting paid and i loved everything he shared for law firm owners so what he's talking to us uh, us about next week is a little bit different than that. It's about how to stop being a lawyer and start being a leader. So as he was able to build his firm up, he realized how different his role became and making that shift himself is what truly got his firm to where they are today. And so I'm really excited for him to dive deep with us on how to stop being a lawyer and start being a leader, making that transition to business owner, to team leader, to a true CEO type role. That'll be on July 28th, which I think is next Monday. No, is next Thursday at 1.45 Eastern time. So next Thursday, 1.45 Eastern time with Marco Brown of Brown Family Law. All right, Matt, we've covered a ton. And if people have been watching for the last 50 minutes and they remember nothing that you said, what would yeah. be your biggest nugget of wisdom, your most important takeaway, the, the most essential thing to help more firm owners be the exhibit A of a successful lawyer like yourself? Sure. I think I, think I have a good one for you, Jordan. There we go. When you are seeking referral partners referral attorney partners, be picky with who you pick to refer work to and from. You should only do work with uh, referral partners that you care about 
and the, the work that you love to do. There's plenty of work out there for attorneys. So don't spend your time making money doing work that you don't love. You know, be picky. And if you want to do this one thing over and over, do that one thing. But don't do work just for the sake of making the money. You know, you have talent. You should do the work that makes you money and that you love and that you're good at. And I'm gonna you nailed that so well from the emotional side. I'm gonna make the stupid skeezy money side argument of it as well to support you. Yeah. Because I hear this all the time. Well, so and so gives a referral fee of blah blah blah, or so and so will do it for only this, and then I can charge more. But the reality of it is, you'll make a little bit more on that referral. You'll make a little bit more on that of counsel work, whatever it is. But if that client isn't happy with the work that other person did, they're never asking you for another referral. They're never coming back to you. So you have lost whatever other val lifetime value of that person because you were cheaping out on that referral. So the yep. more that you send them to amazing people over and over again, the more you become, I call it the guy guy, right? Like if you don't have a car guy or gal or whatever it is, like yeah. I want one that you come to, to the trademark guy. Right. I mean like, but like the, you want to be the person that has all the people to connect them with when they don't have a person for that already, but you have to have the best people. So they want to come back to you to find the next best person for car broker, for trademark stuff, for marketing, for whatever it's going to be, instead yeah. of knowing like, well, he's going to give me an option. That's meh, you know? Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. Like, and if you spend as much time networking, like I do, I mean, I meet with, I probably talk to two attorney, two attorneys a day. You know, that's kind of like what I try to do. Um, you talk to enough people, you get really good referral connections. And when you have clients that come through the door that need X, Y, or Z, you know, three people that you could potentially you know, refer them to, right? Not that you can make any money on that, but you just, that's part of the value that you can add as an attorney to your clients. It's just being a good, good resource for good people. Totally. I love it. All right, man. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you to everybody who is watching this live, listening to this as a podcast, staying in touch. For those of you that have heard from Matt and know that you need bold connections to help you do the outreach, what is the best place for them to go to yeah. hear more about y'all's services? www.bold-connections.com. And everything is spelled correctly, people. There's no, it's not lead. <laughs> there's no whatever, bold, bold hyphen connections.com. Uh, I love it. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, both you, Matt, and everybody else here. Hope to see you back next week where Marco Brown talks about how to stop being a lawyer and start being a leader. Until then, have a wonderful week, and I will see you on our next Exhibit A where we interview attorneys and other experts across the country to learn what it truly takes to be the Exhibit A of a successful lawyer.